As we uh, continue on with our series, and I'm going to need a little help from you again uh, in the booth. So if we could get the next slide, please. Uh, we are talking about uh, discipline, uh, which is a word that we love. <laughs> but when you, when you think about this idea of discipline, not as punishment for doing something wrong, but this idea of discipline, an activity or experience that provides mental or physical training. Uh, next slide. And so when we talk about the spiritual disciplines, we're talking about those things that are activities or experiences that provide spiritual training. And we started just last week uh, this study together on the spiritual disciplines. And I don't know if any of you have looked this up or if you went home after last week and looked it up. If you look up on the internet, what are the spiritual disciplines? You'll find, you won't find lists that all jive 100% with each other, but you'll find pretty common lists of the spiritual disciplines. And we've been discussing uh, those together. Uh, next slide. Uh, but as we do that, we looked last week at reading the Bible. You know, I talk about that all the time, right? You get sick of me talking about it probably. Read your Bible more. This is one of the things that we are all about is this church. God's word is so fundamental to everything that we do. We have a high view of scripture, that it is authoritative. It's God's very words to us. But as such, we should be consuming it, you know. And so we started out just with encouraging us all again to read God's word more. I'm not sure I ever want to get to this point where I think, I've read God's word enough now, you know. I've done enough of it. I think I've had plenty of it this week, or I've had plenty of it today. Uh, there's always room, isn't there? There's always space for reading God's Word. And we talked about last week uh, specifically because it is just that. It's God's words to me. It's God's words to you because it's our spiritual food. And just as if your physical body becomes malnourished without the right kind of nutrition, your, your, your spiritual self is going to be malnourished without good spiritual food because it's power to you and I. It's a powerful word. It's living, it's active, and it is power in my life and in your life because it offers guidance. It offers direction. It helps us know which way to go in a world where we're confronted with so many options and so many challenges about what is the right way to go. And because ultimately it is life-changing. It is life altering. It has its effect in me and in you as we read it. And that's all great stuff. So great that I thought we'd talk about reading God's Word again for another week. <laughs> sort of. Because I think there's something more that we, can, that we can dive into, more than simply reading God's Word. And that is this idea of Bible study. There's Bible reading, but Bible study is something perhaps a little bit different. You know, we talked about the disciplines last week, and, and one of the other uses we use for discipline is, is just to engage in, in a, 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 an academic discipline, say. But as many of you have done, you know, you, you get into a, an academic discipline at sort of a high level, and then you often sort of drill down and get more and more specific, don't you? You know, maybe you start out studying the sciences, and, and then you decide you really love physics, and you really get into physics, and, and then you, you get into, uh, uh, you know, you, by the end of the day, well, not by the end of the day, but, you know, the end of this pathway, maybe you're into studying string theory, you know, a really specific element of physics. 
You know, you love music and you've studied music and then you decide, well, what I really, I really like, uh, you know, classical music maybe. And, and then while well, I really like uh, classical music, you know, at the end of it that comes from Eastern Europe in the 17th century. And I really want to make that, you know what I mean? I mean, you, sometimes you sort of drill down and as you do that, you mine more from that area of study. You get really uh, specific. And I think that that's important. If you want to uh, turn back to, if you close your Bible up, Psalm 119. Because Psalm 119 has so much, and I talked about this uh, last week, about just the beautiful piece of poetry that it is. But so much to say specifically about God's Word and about what it means not just to read it, and I don't want to poo-poo that, we spent all last week talking about why it's good to read this. But not just to, to simply read it, but to really get into it, you know. And Psalm 119 has so much to say about this. And I want to read, you know, Pastor Jonathan joked about it, but we could read the whole thing. I mean, it would be great. It was sort of hard to choose, but I'm just going to settle on a couple of these chunks. I pointed out to you that each one of these chunks of eight verses within Psalm 119, uh, each line starts with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it starts with, uh, in verse one with Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and then it goes to Bet, and that's where we're gonna go, uh, verse nine, to Bet as we start. So that each of these lines begins in Hebrew with the Hebrew letter B, Bet. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. The psalmist writes, how can a, a, a person keep their way pure, you know, right? Well, again, he brings it right back to your word by guarding it according to your word. Well, as we discussed last week, how can I guard my way according to God's word if I don't know God's word? You know, so there's this element of just knowing it you know, having some understanding, but then he goes on. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. What the, the psalmist shifts to here is something a little bit more vigorous. <laughs> you know, this isn't just a, a cursory reading of the word. When he says, with my whole heart, I'm seeking you. I don't want to wander from your commandments. And so I'm, I'm, you ever done something with your whole heart? You know, we even have that term wholeheartedly, right? You understand what that means. When you want something so desperately and you just go after it with every fiber of your being, with your whole heart, I seek you. Verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. This verse is frequently used as a proof text for uh, why we ought to memorize Scripture. It, it's certainly not not about that, but I don't know if it's if it's only about memorizing Scripture. This this translation I think is real faithful to the Hebrew. I've stored up your word in my heart. You know, whether that is sort of word for word, precisely, so that your Awana leader can sign it off 
or if it's just this deep understanding as you've sought out God deeply with all of your heart and to have that word stored up in your heart so that, why? So that I might not sin against you. You have this saying that ignorance of the law is no excuse, you know, when it comes to breaking the law. It was sort of this similar thing. I don't want to inadvertently, I want to store up your word, your commandments, your decrees, all of these words that are used for God's law, God's directions in my heart so that I don't even inadvertently sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And I think the key word that you see frequently throughout a lot of these passages, we just saw there toward the end, the word meditate. A lot of what we're talking about here is a meditation on God's word. Now that word meditate for many of us brings up maybe some weird notions, you know. We think of meditation as uh, learning the word om. Uh, sitting in a funny position, you know, probably on a pillow, you know, getting yourself all relaxed. And, but meditation, as it's presented by so many Eastern religions, has to do sort of with emptying your mind of everything. This, as it turns out, is not that at all. This is something very different. It's a meditation that is all about filling your mind, but filling your mind with sort of a specific thing, yes? God's Word. God's, you see all these different words that are used here throughout so many of these passages. God's laws, God's decrees, God's statutes, God's commandments, all of these kind of synonyms. But this idea that we see presented over and over, and again, all kidding aside, I sort of wish we, we had reasonable time to just read through all of this together. I mean, we've got the time, we could do it. <laughs> but over and over and over, you see this concept of meditation. It's going a bit deeper than just a cursory reading. Meditation is when you have really rolled up your sleeves. You've really considered, you've really dug in, you've really mined this for all you can possibly get out of it. This idea of really studying God's Word. Psalm 119, verse uh, 41. That's where I want to skip to next. The Hebrew letter, wa, wow. wow. 119, 41. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord. Your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your what? Your word. 
And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. There's sort of a different shade here. But take not your word out of my mouth. If we could put that conversely, which it frequently is, let your word always be in my mouth. That's what he's saying, yes? Again, do you see this concept, this idea of meditating? I, I never loved this visual as a kid, and yet here I'm going to give it to you anyway. But the visual is often used of a, of a cow chewing its cud, right? Which as a kid struck me as just gross. And as an adult, that image still strikes me as a little gross. But <laughs> cows do that, right? A lot of cattle, they, they eat grass, they swallow it, and then they bring it back up and they chew on it some more. Go ahead, get it out of your system. Ew. I know. <laughs> but do you know why they do that? It's because they, they get more nutrition out of that, that same meal then. God has designed them in such a way, it's the way their digestive system sort of works. And you and I have been designed in such a way that it's very rare that we are going to read something out of God's word one time and it just have it and get it. Rather, it's this ongoing recitation of it, which is why I love this imagery of, I don't ever want your word to not be in my mouth, you know. It's this concept of, of maybe uh, you're a morning Bible reader and you sit down in the morning and you read it, but then you make a habit of all day long kind of bringing that back up. Remember that bit I read this morning? Really, you know, rolling up your sleeves again and really getting into it so that his word is always in your mouth. Take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth for my hope is in your rules. Don't you love that? Isn't that beautiful? Again, we so frequently think of rules as oppressive. But I love how the psalmist here says, my hope is in your rules. My confidence, my assurance, again, this is really the word that we're, we're talking about when we talk about this biblical word for hope. It's in your rules, those are like an anchor for my soul. That's what, what grounds me. That's where my hope and my assurance is. It's in your rules. I will keep your law continually, forever and ever. And I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. Here again. See, this is something just a little bit more deep than I read your precepts or I heard your precepts once. I have sought out your precepts. I've gone looking for them. I've dug deep on this search for your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love." Is he writing here about something that is burdensome and is oppressive and is hard? No. 
No, he says, I find delight in your commandments. I love them. They're like life to me. Verse 48, I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love. And look how he ends this this little section. And I will meditate on your statutes. There is Bible reading, which is good, which is necessary. But I think, and it's the reason it is so frequently broken out as a separate spiritual discipline. If you look up these lists, you'll see this. That there is this additional discipline of Bible study is what it's frequently called. And I think you understand the difference between reading and study, don't you? Please say yes. Any of you kids who are preparing for a test, I hope you understand the difference between reading and studying, yeah? Studying is a bit different. It's a bit more robust. It takes a bit more work. But I, I thought as I was doing this, which is why the title of the sermon is Mine, of this concept of mining. I don't know if any of you have been involved personally in any form of mining. I haven't. Uh, again, I uh, like farming, like so many of these things. What I know about mining could probably be composed on a, a post-it note. But let me tell you what I know. It's hard work. It's hard work. But do you know why people mine? Do you know why it's done? It's to find something that is of very great value. You watch these shows, and uh, uh, there, there are a couple of shows now that are on about people who are mining for things. Um, I've just seen them in passing, but, but even with, with mechanized gear, you know, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's so much easier because there's a lot of machinery involved. Nonetheless, it involves digging really deep and moving lots of earth, sometimes digging tunnels way down underground. Why? I mean, why would any sane human do that? It's not because they just like holes, I promise you. It's because they're after something that's of great value. They're after something like a precious metal. They're after something like a gem. And and you find these veins sometimes of stuff, and then you follow those veins You follow through the earth. It might not be easy, but way underground sometimes, you've got this tunnel in the dark. What you're doing is following this vein of just richness. Next slide, please. Mining is an awful lot more work than staying on the surface. But it yields exponentially more wealth. We are called to read God's word, but we're also called to mine God's word. See, if all we do is just stay on the surface with a a garden rake, maybe, or a trowel, little spade, you know, there's still a lot of beauty that can be had from that. But the reason that you go through a ton of work 
when you mine for something is that there's this recognition that there is infinitely more value to be gleaned by doing that hard work. And we've known that for literally millennia now. As people have sweated and mined. And what I love about some of these psalms, and again, I've just picked a couple of these chunks but we could go all the way through and you would see this theme over and over again of mining God's word, of digging hard into it. What do I, what do I think that means? A couple of things. Next slide. Thank you, by the way. Slide advancement is so good. I can't even see who's back there. She's hiding, but, but well done. It's all about digging deeper. It's all about digging deeper. How do you do this just, just uh, realistically in terms of really simple application? Well, this can take a number of different forms. I mean, it might be that you have a, a, a favorite psalm that has just been so meaningful to you, and you continue to go back to that psalm. Why do you continue to go back to that psalm? Because you recognize you're digging deeper, you're pulling more out of it. We've talked before about the fact that we can read scripture that we've read time and time again and still find new freshness, new breath out of it as you dig deeper. It might be a verse. Maybe you want to commit yourself to just really studying a verse. Maybe you do want to memorize it. Listen, I don't want to be dismissive of memorization. A lot of adults specifically say, yeah, I can't memorize. Yeah, you can. It, it might be hard, but yes, you can. Everybody can memorize. Might just be a small chunk, but you know songs. You know the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, everybody can memorize stuff. It might be memorizing a key verse. It might be taking a, a whole book. Say, I really want to commit myself to studying Ephesians. I love Ephesians, so that's the one that just jumps into my brain. But I want to commit myself to studying that. And so I'm not just going to read through it once. I'm going to read through it over and over and over. I'm going to read through it once maybe today, and then once the day after, and then once the day after that. And then I'm going to start to slow down, and I'm going to read like five verses at a time and just really, again, roll up my sleeves and just get into it. See what I can find. I might even buy myself some Bible study tools. You hardly even have to buy them anymore. So many of them are available on the internet. It's brilliant. We had a, a years ago at the church in Michigan, we did a men's seminar on how to study your Bible. Like just really nuts and bolts, how to study your Bible. And we came back from that. One of the wives ran up to me in church and said, what did you do to my husband? I said, what do you mean? She said, he wants to spend hundreds of dollars on books to stock up his Bible study library. I said, oh, well, that's awesome. Praise God. <laughs> I mean, there are tools out there. You can get a hold of a great concordance. You can get a hold of a, 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 some uh, uh, topical treasuries. You can get a hold of a couple good lexicons. And like I say, so much of this is available as software, as, as freely available stuff online. Some of it's in the public domain even. But to use some tools like that to really dig into, I'm going to really dig into this verse today. What does this mean? 
You know, you hear me talk about Greek words that are behind some of these or Hebrew words that are behind some of these texts. It's not because I'm a genius. It's because I utilize some really good tools. You can utilize tools too. But whatever this means, when you dig deeper, you slow down. And you say, I'm not just going to read this and scratch at the surface of it. I'm going to get down into this and keep digging and digging and digging until I find treasure. Yeah? This uh, verse, again, we've read so many of them, but back to verse 16. I will delight in your statutes. I will delight in them. When you just delight in something, you really soak it up. You slow down. You dig deeper. And if you've not done that, I want to encourage you to choose maybe a book of the Bible, to choose maybe a passage of the Bible, to choose maybe even a verse or two of the Bible that's been meaningful to you, and just slow down and dig into that. Reading is fantastic, but you're just starting to scratch the surface when you just read. When you really slow down and start to dig deep, you know what you start to find? Wealth. Exponentially more wealth. It will pay off in all of those things we talked about last week about God's word. They start to really pay out with huge dividends when we slow down and we just dig into it. And we don't just scratch the surface. Next slide. There's a verse that we didn't read together, but that I thought was important. And that's verse 18. In the Gimel section, letter Gimel, Psalm 119, verse 18. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Do you understand what the psalmist is saying right there? He's asking for God's help. God, open my eyes. And I think an element of this that is so important is to pray. When you come to God's word, even if you're just going to take a cursory reading of it, I hope that you include as part of that equation prayer. And Pastor Mitch next week is going to talk more about prayer, but we'll just talk just right praying about this and praying specifically about your mining of God's word is vitally important. I love this. God, open my eyes. You open my eyes. Because I'm going to miss stuff without the influence of your Holy Spirit. I'll miss out. Open my eyes to the wealth that's there that you want me to see. Help me to not just dig holes in the ground with a blindfold on, but you, you know, enlighten what this is. If you come to God with an open heart and say, God, I'm coming to your word today. There is something that you want me to get out of your word today. Please help me to see it. It's one of the best things you can do as you study the word is simply go to God and say, I need your help. I need you to open my eyes here. And then, next slide, please. Verse 48. And again, we, we've, you know, we're just going quickly through so much of this, but if you read through the 119th Psalm, maybe that'll be the thing for you. 
Maybe that'll be your next study, to really make a study of the 119th Psalm. If you do that, start to write down repeated words and themes that you see over and over. But this is one of them. Verse 48, I will lift up my hand toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. And I think good Bible study includes reflection. What did this say? What does it say? What does it mean? And then even more importantly, what's it mean to me? What's it mean to me today? What's it mean to me right now? We read last week a passage out of 2 Timothy about God's Word being God-breathed, that all Scripture is breathed out by God. But as such, it's useful, it's profitable for us for teaching, for correction, for rebuking, for, for training in righteousness. It's good for us. And when we, re, when we reflect on that, we're like, great, I found these riches. Now, God, what do I do with them? What do I do with them? Not what do I tell my spouse to do with them? What do I wish my neighbor would do with them? What do I wish that sinner down the street would do with it? What do I do with it? What do I need to do with this? I just found this lump of precious metal. What's in that for me? And C.2, pray for God to open your eyes. I think reading Scripture, and if I say this cautiously, but if all you get out of all of this is simply to read your Bible more, that's good. I'll be thrilled. But when we add on to this, this extra layer of digging into your Bible, of studying your Bible, of knowing your Bible really well, and that's what is behind the psalmist's thoughts here, so much of this, to meditate on it because I want to know it. I don't want to sin against you. I want to be in line with your commandments. I want to have the peace that comes from knowing I'm right in step with your will. That's where I want to be. I want that wealth in my life. And so I'm going to slow down and dig into this and mine it and reflect on it. This meditation. Yeah. If you want to turn as we close back to 2 Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 2 this week, verse 15. It's another verse I know a lot of you are familiar with. Second Timothy 2:15. My translation, the ESV says, "Do your best to present yourself to God." Many of the, the versions we learned, it was study to show your, thyself approved, right? which isn't bad. Study may not be the most accurate English translation of that word. I think do your best is pretty good. Commit yourself to this. You know, through study, through diligence, through wholeheartedness, but do your best 
to present yourself to God as one who's approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, and then look at how he finishes his verse. Rightly handling the word of truth. Rightly handling this. In this word picture, this is the tool. And he says, act like a a craftsman. Act like someone who is just at the top of their craft. And part of that is that they handle their tools incredibly well. I have some chisels in my toolbox. But me with a chisel is kind of clumsy, you know, still. You ever see what a real artisan can do with a chisel? Hmm? Where it turns into something beautiful, amazing. And he says, make this your tool. Work hard to be like a workman that has no need to be ashamed of their work because you know how to rightly, how to correctly handle this. You know how you do that? You mine it. You dig into it. Reading is is certainly going to get you a part of the way. And there's power there. It's God's words to us. It's encouragement. It's guidance. All of that is there. But where you really start to strike gold is when you mine it. Is when you do the work. It is more work. It is. But there's exponentially more wealth there as well. I want to encourage you to not simply be readers of God's word, but be students of God's word. Be miners of God's word. Get into it. Roll up your sleeves. Pick something just small to start with if you want. But commit yourself to really digging deep, to really getting in there and finding the wealth that God's word has for us through this idea of studying, digging deep, meditating on God's word. How much time do you spend meditating on the word of God? Our Father God, we thank you again for your word. God, we thank you for this challenge that we would mine it. It would dig deep into it. I love these thoughts. The psalmist who talks about not just a a quick reading of it, but a digging into it, a hunger for it, a desire to chase down rich veins of, of wealth that your word possesses. So God, help us to not only be readers of your word. We want to be that, God. But help us to go even deeper, to be miners of your word. And God, for so many of my brothers and sisters who might be thinking, okay, this sounds good. I don't really know where to start. Plant a seed in their heart. You give it to them. It may likely be different for every single person in this room. But give them that seed, that nugget that says, why don't you start right here in this study, in this meditation, in this endeavor to dig more deeply 
God, I pray you give that to each and every one of us. Help us to love your word, to hunger for your word, to be wholeheartedly almost desperate for your word. As, was, as, as what we read in Psalm 119. God, help us to be workmen who correctly handle it, who have no reason to be ashamed because we've mined it for all that it's worth. Thank you, God. We praise you. We love you. And we pray that you continue to work through your word in us. In Jesus' name, amen.